This is the Sounders FC Postmatch Show. Sounders FC Soccer is brought to you by Washington's Lottery. Play $5 hit five from Washington's Lottery and get a chance to sign a one-day contract with Sounders FC. The Sounders FC Postmatch Show starts now on your home for Sounders FC, Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. In the 100th all-time match between the Seattle Sounders and Portland Timbers, it was sure exciting. But Portland wins it with an 86th minute goal by Sebastian Blanco. Howells right back goes out. Armand Tails. Springs Blanco. Blanco over the top. Into the back of the net on Stefan Fry. Portland well done in the middle of the park. Blanco sprung. Portland gets the lead in the 87th 1-0. One nothing went on to be the final score. Welcome to the Sounders FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Jackson Phelps back here in the Carter Volkswagen Studios in Seattle alongside Seattle University head coach Pete Fewing, S2 assistant coach Wade Weber. Wade, it was, it was an exciting one and, and things were going really, really well. Sebastian Blanco, Blanco ultimately ruins the point that could have been. Yeah, and I look back at that second half and, and say that it probably was shaping up the way the Sounders would have wanted it to shape up uh, until the Kim Kihi substitution, the little clash of heads. Had a good bleeder. I'm not sure how many stitches yeah. Chris Cornish was was sewing up in the guy, but um, but that you know they they make the decision to change their center back, or maybe it was forced on them, uh, and they from that point forward they they didn't look as coordinated, cohesive. That could be a function of one of two things. It could be that Delem in for Kim, uh, which is the problem was there, or that they had to make the sub then in midfield, and it created a bit of a ripple effect. So Bawana came in, Alex Roldan went back, Delem went back. Um, you know, sometimes those things work out, sometimes they don't. But the team did not look as uh, threatening. Uh, excuse me, I would say Pete Sounders didn't look as stout and resolute defensively, hard to break down from the moment that switch happened. And again, I don't think it's a, a referendum necessarily on Delem's play, but um, that ripple effect uh, really could be felt the rest of the match. These games sometimes come down to one play, and that's really what it was. There was a, a good ball slotted through. Blanco did a very good job. Clinical finish. Fry comes out and his does does his job. Excuse me, and and gets big, uh, goes to the carpet pretty quick, and and Blanco just chips it right over him. And yeah, uh, Seattle, it had to be a bit patched work um, as it was at Toronto as well. And I think Brian's going to look at that. I, I don't think this is going to be one where he won't fault them for effort. He won't fault them for some quality. The final pass, the final play, the, the final product is still really important. But it comes down to a good little through ball and, and one finish and tough day. It's, uh, and, you know, 73rd minute. But you won't, he won't fault them for the effort that they put on the field uh, today. I think it's just a disappointing loss and it's a lesson learned for the young guys. One nothing. the final score. You're listening to the Sounders FC, FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders. Sports Radio 950 KGR Portland beating Seattle one nothing today. Wait, Pete mentioned right there how one play changes a game. The one play, I would argue, being the collision between Fernando Adi and Kim Kihi. I mean, that is the one play. You're talking about you know things that root it all through. And what's funny is we were talking before the pregame show about about the, the lineup and interesting you know thoughts there of, okay, we you, you could shift Svensson up and you could start Alfaro and some interesting thoughts there. And ultimately, this is what it comes down to, the decision, because then we see Jordi Delem shift back instead of Alfaro coming on. It, it's interesting, you kind of feed it all back to Alfaro versus Delem. And we, we, we heard it on the broadcast, we heard it you know throughout, that that was ultimately a decision that may have cost this team. Yeah, it, 
I would say every decision that's that's made in terms of who you put and where you put them and the tactical plan that you give them as they enter the field, um, it, you could trace it back to the coach if you want. As an old player, I, I'm one that says, listen, uh, the people that were on the field were good enough to, to, to do what they were asked to do. Um, whether Alfaro played or Delem played it in that moment, it's up to them to track the runner. And they didn't track him. So Schmetz can't do that for him. And, you know, I, I think, again, it's uh, – I don't want to get into words like admirable, um, but, you know, this is an undermanned Seattle team. I, I, I've i heard it said, well, they're missing – like they have they're maybe four or five regular starters out. You could argue that maybe other than, I'd say, Chad Marshall, although they do have alternatives to Chad – Clint Dempsey would probably start in a perfectly healthy lineup, and Christian Roldan and Leardam. I think there's there's arguments everywhere else, and the way McCrary's played of late, and I think he's been quite good on the right. He's competing. Uh, Stephen Fry's a given. Seattle are missing so many goals that they've been. You know, you look at the game down at LAFC. What is this? Five times they've been shut out now. Yep, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and they're the lowest scoring team in Major League Soccer. Uh, and they're going to have to play it close to the vest until they get their people healthy. This is not the sort of thing where you just, let's go buy players. Well, that, guess what? you got to wait till July because that's when the transfer window opens. We look at this list. I mean, Ozzy Alonso, Victor Rodriguez, Nicholas Ladero, Jordan Morris, Will Bruin wasn't in the 18 today. A lot of goals, Pete, that this team doesn't have. Yeah, it's tough. It is really tough. Going to the decision whether to put Tony Alfaro in or not, uh, that's a coach's decision. I, I respect that. Um, I think... Brian knows his team, and and he's got to trust his instincts on that one. And then Tony Alfaro may go to Brian and say, why don't you use me in that situation? And that's a chance for Brian to say, well, you've got to do this and this and this better. So it's uh, it, it's a tough one. And, yeah, you're right. The goals have not been coming. And and I think Will Bruin has three goals for Seattle, and when that's your leading goal scorer mm-hmm. at this point in the season, it's tough. And when Clint Dempsey is, is a proven goal scorer, he's one away from – uh, owning the record, the club record, he's just not been able to put it in the back of the net as well. So let's hope this two-week break gives them an opportunity to get healthy and and start uh, putting balls in the back of the net. I do like, and again, this might be naive of me, but I do like that it was an aggressive substitution. He went for yep. Hendwala, yep. who it has he's quick enough yep. and he's got goals in his bag, and and you go for that thinking that well we can hold it maybe for the last fifteen because Portland really didn't look threatening. Um, but it is funny. Sometimes I'm sure that's something that Brian will will certainly reflect on because you do as a coach. You think, well, sure. could I have done anything differently? What what could I have done before the game, after the game, during the game? Was our preparation in in the days leading up to this match uh, what I think it should have been? And that's just a natural thing. So he'll reflect, but I hope he doesn't regret it because to me that was the moment. It was you know 20 minutes to go. There's an injury, and we can try and bunker in and hang on for dear life or we can make a what i think is not a really risky move by putting dilemma at the back. i don't think that's like it's not putting dempsey at center back right <laughs> you're putting a defensive minded guy in a defensive spot that he's played there played there a ton for us too a few years ago and he's in the rhythm of the game by yeah. the way i think that's an important thing when you're in the rhythm of the game versus coming off the bench and joining into a, a tight space game and that may be the reason for that as well. And we're not talking about you going back and being one of two center backs. You're going back and joining into a, yeah. a, a group of three. So looking on the offensive end, I mean, a word that was thrown out there after the Columbus game was creativity. Everybody was saying we need creativity in the offense. We saw that in Toronto. It's funny. 
for the most part, that kind of continued here. I mean, with, with the 5-4-1, you still saw some of some of those aggressive moves in the first half. There was a number of them. In the second half, there was some chances as well. Th- this team, despite being in a in a 5-4-1 these last two games, have been much more creative. Wolf Ikram, I, I felt like he is a big contributor to that creativity, Wade. Yeah, and, and, and he's, whether it's him or Dempsey, um, they, I think that they're, the jury's still out in, in terms of uh, whether or not a five four one is how I, I really don't think Schmetz would be going with a five four one if they had all their pieces available. Right, I don't. I think this is a, a needs must situation. Um, Seattle are a team that wants the ball. You look at them historically; they they own the possession battle. They 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 have players in areas that can affect the game uh, creatively, and they're missing some of those guys right now. Victor Rodriguez, I can't begin to tell you how much I think his absence is being felt. Because um, he he makes everybody around him better, and when you get him and Dempsey uh, linking on the run, this team has the potential to do good things. And I'll go back to just I mean I know he's gone for the year, but Jordan Morris they they still don't have that guy to stretch the other team. And Pete, if you're if you have to play defeat, if you have to play in front of a back four, um, it gets hard. Yeah, it really does. And you talk about. Rodriguez and the balls that he plays, he plays those little diagonal balls that are slipped in that Clint Dempsey can run onto mm-hmm. as opposed to going into a challenge for a cross uh, that Dempsey has to go against a Ridgewell, right? A you know big, strong center back. So we're missing some of those penetrating balls. Hanwala does a nice job of taking people on, but instead of pe- hitting in a little uh, penetrating ball or a little ball in behind that maybe Clint can run onto or a diagonal ball that's cut through, he he will oftentimes just pull that ball back or try for the cross. And so no one is springing or finding Clint Dempsey in some room. He's not going to get sprung like Jordan Morris. You're right. We certainly miss that. It's made teams, uh, made Seattle a lot more predictable with Jordan Morris not being in there, but they don't have anybody who's slipping those balls and that Dempsey can run onto and hit first time. That's the voice of Pete Fewing. You're also hearing Wade Weber. My name is Jackson Feltz. Seattle Falls one nothing to Portland today in the centennial match of the Sounders versus Timbers Derby. Uh, so now we go to 101 for that next matchup, and then we'll look forward to the next Sounders matches coming up in two weeks on the 26th against Real Salt Lake. We'll preview that later here in the postgame show. But we will continue breaking down this loss against Portland. Uh, that will be next on the Sounders FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950 KJR. When- You're listening to the new home of Sounders FC, Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Seattle Falls one nothing to the Portland Timbers today in the 100th match between Seattle and Portland. This long derby that started on May 2nd, 1975. But the 100th goes to Portland. Welcome back to the Sounders FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders. Sports Radio 950 KJR. There was good for Seattle, and that brings us to our play of the match. It's time for today's Alcatel play of the match. It was the 59th minute of a scoreless game. Valeri got himself some space inside the box, one versus one with Fry, and out of nowhere, Gustav Svensson, the goose, came in and blocked the shot. As Valeri to his right, he'll use him along the touchline. Cuts inside of Alex Roldan. Still Valeri on his left foot. Adi, one-on-one. Valeri! Oh, great save! Great dive from Gustav Svensson! to stop a shot on Stefan Fry. Today's play of the match is presented by Alcatel, the official smartphone partner of Seattle Sounders FC. That was a hell of a play by Gustav Svensson in, in, in a moment that was 
It was very, very nerve-wracking. Yeah, there yeah. There. as an old defender, you're, you're taught to uh, never quit, to never give up, to never assume that, ah, I can't do anything to affect that. Um, and he, <laughs> Spencer got a little bit lucky in that he committed to ground and threw his body low and hoped that v- Valeri chose to shoot it to that side of Fry. If he'd have lifted it or gone the other side of Fry, uh, Svensson's not involved, but there was nothing else at that moment he could do. So I, just, I really admire someone who understands that sometimes you just throw it out there and and maybe you get lucky and they shoot it off you. No, it was great. He anticipated it incredibly well. You're right. That was his only option, and he was coming from a spot of being out of the play. He recovered very well. So he, he's been terrific for Seattle on those little details, and that right there kept the game at zero. So it was a, a terrific play. Fry was Sort of uh, one-on-one, Valeri can score goals. So it was a great play for Gustav Svensson. Uh, Stefan Fry had another save in the 68. That was beautiful, diving to his left. Uh, a couple chances for Seattle in the first half. We're talking about the, 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 the good sides of this game, the positives that we can t- take from it. Nuhu, I, I, we go back to him. I, he, again, had a really good first half. He had another chance right at the start of the second half where his shot was just you know right at Antedella, but it was... It, really kind of felt like he had some some opportunities to to maybe be the hero in this one for Seattle. When you play with wingbacks, that they, they usually will provide you your width, and I thought knew who was that. He was the outlet, and he he frequently was one on one with Alvis Powell. Often got behind him uh, the little cutback or the the diagonal ball in the first half that Dempsey just couldn't steer into the goal, um, and then a couple of opportunities there in the second. I'm curious to see what. Um, what the cause of his substitution was. It appeared to be something... Yeah, I'm not gonna he had gone down at one point. Yeah, uh, the, m- m- cramping, mm-hmm. muscular or something. Yeah. Like, didn't play midweek, so you know one would think that he would be well-rested for the game, but it was very hot down on that field. Uh, you know what that turf is like, Pete. Uh, 90 degrees in the air is not 90 degrees on the ground. No, that black rubber makes it a lot warmer, and it looked pretty thick, to be honest. And I, I have a theory that when you go from one surface to another, if you've been playing on grass, it has a certain... Uh, density to it or or compaction to it then you go to a rubber uh it can be more it's it's just saying different it's just plain different and so when it's different your calves take a little bit of a beating and it's a bit of an adjustment to that you know going back to Nuhu on his shot uh gustav if if we're monday night football i remember as a kid you know hey kids when you're training at home or you're practicing at home they used to say that a lot it seemed like uh that's a textbook that's what you got to do on the slide tackle for Nuhu when he's Kids, if you're a left back and coming forward, you have to be able to drive it low and hard to the far post. And you have to be sort of clinical in that. And that gives, A, a guy like Clint Dempsey to come flashing across and maybe get a toe on it, or B, force the keeper to make a save and force the keeper maybe to cough it back up for Dempsey to follow up. So that's something that Nuhu can expand in his game. And if he can do that, he becomes a much more valuable asset going forward for the Sounders. Since it's a road game, we won't have Brian Schmitzer's post-match, post, post-match I always have difficulty saying this, post-match press conference. Uh, but, Pete, if, if, if you can, you know Brian Schmitzer personally, what's the message to his guys in the locker room? What's, what's he kind of saying here, you know, a- after this well, heartbreaker, yeah. if you want to Yeah, he's, he's smart enough to look ahead, too, and say we've got two weeks now to regroup and mm-hmm. get it going again. He's going to look for the positives on this one. I don't think he's going to... Uh, be too negative on them, uh, Wade. I think he's going to look around and say, hey, here's what we did well. We got to regroup. You said it earlier, Wade, I don't want to steal your thunder, but four points out of these three games would be positive. However they came, they probably didn't come the way Seattle thought they were going to come or hoped they would come. Uh, But because you want against your your, your rival and your Western Conference uh, 
opponent, you want to be able to make sure you keep them down. That's three points. That's a six-point game, right, for the Portland Timbers. So I think you'll be positive about the things he saw that were good. I think you'll point those things out. He'll say, hey, it was a gutty effort. He'll say, I can't fault you for effort. And then he's going to say, hey, this game comes down to sometimes one play. So I think he'll be uh, as positive as can be and try to lift the guys up, and then they're going to hop on the bus and come on home. So, uh, And then he's going to say, "Let's. we have two weeks. Gentlemen, we have two weeks to get ourselves in order before we face at home Real Salt Lake. Well, no one wants to ever lose a game, but given their lineup uh, injury concerns, all the things that are going on, I I think four points is reasonable from the matches. Um, you know, I, I, going to Toronto, given how they played in MLS Cup and who they were missing, I, I expected them to lose. The fact that they got three points, talk about house money. That's a lot of house money. Uh, but then you think about, well, shouldn't they have done better against 10-man Columbus? And, you know, should, shouldn't they have been able to hang on? And you think what could have been, mm-hmm. um, m- maybe you're coming out of this with seven points rather than four. You get that win against uh, Columbus and maybe you hang on uh, in Portland. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> You know, right. you 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 can draw it up as nicely as you want. Uh, the, the team didn't didn't get the, those results, and frankly, I didn't think probably that anything more than four was reasonable. Uh, I I you know again being I call myself the eternal pessimist, but there's there's they're now at a point where a little bit of health. I know Victor Rodriguez is back training. Ozzy Alonso's had a bit of a setback. There's um, there, there. You're a little deeper in toward the transfer window. There are people that are going to be coming in the summer transfer window. We know that. Um, so it's about <laughs> trying to take baby steps. Can they get closer to coming off the bottom? Um, you know, they still played fewer games than than anyone else really in the West. And so, you know, you got to knock that lead down. You can't wait, Pete, until uh, early August. Uh, to be sitting on the bottom of the table and say, okay, now let's start putting it in gear and 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 earning the points. Um, uh, it really has to start happening against Rail Salt Lake in two weeks. Do you remember what you said when you walked in uh, before the game started, before we went on the air? Probably, I, I'd, I'd like a Snickers. No, no, you didn't. You said soccer's hard. Soccer right? is to hard. Quote, to quote Doug Morrell, uh, the former USL sounder, right? He's, soccer's hard. It's hard to score. It's, uh, you know, Portland wants to win that. Hey, you're going into, we, we hyped this game up, right? Portland wants it just as bad as Seattle wants it, obviously, obviously. And, and the 100th win uh, has its own little special connotation it to it as well. So, uh, yeah, tough, tough day for Seattle. Portland. You got to give them credit for that goal. It was a great ball slipped in, yeah. and it was a terrific finish. Fry cannot be faulted in any way on that one, and and uh, now it's moving forward. All right, so we will look ahead to what's next for the Sounders coming up next in the postgame show. Seattle Falls one nothing today against the Portland Timbers in the centennial match of this derby. But now it is on to Real Salt Lake. We'll look around the league and start previewing this match two weeks ahead. That's next on the Sounders FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders Sports Radio 950 KJR. You're listening to the new home of Sounders FC, Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. Welcome back to the Sounders FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950, KJR. Seattle Falls uh, falls 1-0 today in Portland in the 100th match between Seattle and the Portland Timbers. It is Portland coming out on top. That puts Seattle at 2-5-2 here on the MLS season so far. So... Let's look around the rest of MLS. What happened this weekend around the league? It was Friday, Vancouver-Houston tying 2-2. 
San Jose over Minnesota yesterday, 3-1. FC Dallas over LA, 3-2. New England over Toronto, 3-2. Man, Toronto, just the freefall wade that they are experiencing right now. Crazy. It is. And I, you know, I'm not sympathetic, but uh, but on some level we are, right? Because Sounders are struggling, and uh, you, know, you look at the, where they are in the standings, it's not where you want to be. The, the Sounders are are used to being in you know maybe tricky spots in the early months. In the last few years, that's been the case. Um, they just got to make sure they turn that around. I'm sure Toronto right. thinks they can. Continuing on, continuing on with scores, Columbus over Chicago, 3-0. New York Red Bulls over Colorado, 2-1. Philadelphia over Montreal, 2-0. In today's matches, Atlanta just took a 1-0 lead over Atlanta, Orlando City. And LAFC against New York City FC, that's going to be a big match. That's tonight at 5.30. The last match that happened over the weekend, Real Salt Lake over DC United, 3-2. Uh, and, D and Real Salt Lake is the next opponent for the Seattle Sounders. That match is going to be on May 26th, so a couple weeks away. Match is going to kick off at 2 p.m. at CenturyLink Field. So we, we have a nice little time span here, Pete, before this team. We talked about it a little bit in the last segment. But a little bit of time for this team to get healthier, get some guys back. We'll talk about the World Cup here in a second. But, but some time for this team to regroup and, and get back to the winning ways like Wednesday against Toronto. I could see them coming back and having a regen session tomorrow, loosening the legs up, uh, guys who need treatments, taking care of that, and then maybe even giving them a day or two off just for players, coaches, everybody to clear their head and get things right so that they come back. Maybe And I'm guessing, I'm guessing it, and Brian knows what strings to pull, whether he should do that. It, that's based on, that can be a decision based on the bus ride home, right? Like right. You, you can feel it when you're walking around how guys are feeling. So, uh, I, but I am confident that they are going to get the team right by the time uh, the next one rolls around with Real Salt Lake on, on May 26th. I, I just feel like they've got, they've got guys that are going to come in and help. They've, they've got uh, guys that are going to be healthy. Will Bruin should be healthy again by that time. So, uh, they just got to get it right in the next two weeks. So we're taking, we're, we're looking at what's next for the Seattle Sounders. It's brought to you by Bill Corm's Puyallup Nissan Easy, like a Sunday morning. Uh, Real Salt Lake, currently we look at the Western Conference standings. They're sixth with 13 points. Sporting KC at the top of the West with 23 points. And uh, for another standings update, Atlanta at the top of the East with 22 points. But when we, as we look ahead to what's next, Wade, one big part of this to focus on is the World Cup. Because as you told me just a few minutes ago, we're a month and a day away from this thing starting. That's exciting. That's every four years. Yeah. We, we get all wound up and it's such a shame the U.S. will not be involved. I, I'm not laughing. But it is a shame. Yeah. But, uh, you know, whether you support Iceland or Croatia or whoever you're in for, it's a, it's as a festival unlike any other. Uh, and tomorrow actually is the day where federations submit their rosters to all the clubs of the world and say, these are the players we want in for our camp, out of which the 23-man squads will be determined. Of course, we know the Sounders have three players almost certainly going to be called in Roman Torres Gustav Svensson and Nicholas Lodero. It's possible Kim Kihi gets a call for the South Koreans as well. But that doesn't mean that they'll be making the trip to the World Cup. We do think that those first three will probably make the cut and uh, accompany their teams to Russia. But we're not sure. So for Sounder fans, um, you know, you're not going to see those three guys. And uh, hope, you know, for everyone's sake, we, you know, Pete, I, I am not going to say I don't want Kim Kihi to go to the World Cup. But I'd love to see him play for the Sounders. Uh, uh, during this break when they're already shorthanded. One thing that is a positive, if you do send players to World Cup teams, it does give exposure to your club around the world. Svensson goes out and does well, or Torres, Ladero, Kim Kihi. If they go out and do a good job, it does give Seattle 
some exposure and and there may be conversations. Players oftentimes recruit their their teammates, right? They'll go yeah. and try to get guys. So if they see good things happening, those players are performing well in the World Cup. It could there is always a chance it could bring a player back to Seattle. Well, I always look to the tweets that happen between uh, Nico Ladero and Luis Suarez and. And uh, I always go immediately to, well, uh, okay, that, that means that Luis Suarez is going to be a Seattle Sounder this summer. I've heard right. that. Yes, yes I've heard please. that. I think I heard it from you, though, Jackson. <laughs> who, do I, who do I have to no, break it, Yeah, it's, and this is that everyone wants to be, uh, I, I don't know, arm, not armchair quarterback, armchair GM, yeah. you know, where, uh, or armchair owner, because frankly, it's not, it's not just about the GM. If you think, well, why doesn't Garth go out and get this player or that player? Um, you're you're then assuming that um, if the club owning that player says, "Well, give us thirty million and we can talk," uh, Adrian Hanauer and co- and and company would say, "Oh, sure, no problem. Yeah, let's just spend thirty million uh, on a player, even if that's grossly overpriced. I would much rather have the best players brought in at the right price than just give me the best players and go spend two hundred million on them." So we will see what happens with that with those World Cup call-ups. Uh, call-ups. You may notice that a lot of those names we listed are center backs and guys who play center back. With Svensson, you know, being in that three center back tandem today, and Torres and uh, and Kim Kihi as well. So we will see how that all shakes out here in the middle of the week. Uh, it's Sounders Weekly on Tuesday here at seven o'clock. Uh, we'll break that down as well as hear from Garth Lagerway. We're talking about uh, general managers. Garth will join me again this week, so we'll talk about that and we'll talk about this week that happened. Uh, it is a two. Uh, it is a one nothing loss uh, to Portland today. It's the hundredth match between Seattle and the Portland Timbers. Uh, Seattle falls. Uh, last few minutes of the post game show, Pete. Ultimately, we're looking ahead for this team. They're still in a in in the bottom of the Western Conference, but ultimately, we're looking ahead to getting guys back. And after the World Cup, getting somebody in here. You mentioned it in the last break. There's 25 games left, and we remember where this team was in 2016 before they made that run. There is still a lot of time left for this team. Seattle has a couple of games in hand with the teams that are ahead of them as well. So right. it's not the time to say, "Hey, we're." Uh, we're going to tank the season and try to get the top draft pick. <laughs> Somebody's here in the NFL. Yeah. Yes, NFL or NBA. Uh, it's not that dire. And, and I really do think uh, there's the right people. You know, you look at that coaching staff uh, beyond Brian, you got Jimmy Triori and Gonzo Pineda, right? Tommy Dutra is terrific. Precky, those guys all are pretty accomplished uh, soccer coaches and were accomplished players as well. So I, I believe they're going to get it right. You know, we go to training pretty often, and the energy at training is usually very good. Um, and I expect that to continue. And again, two weeks. They also, you know, what you can do too. You can go run, right? You can you can have a practice where they're working hard. There's nothing better than to get yourself back go back on track by going out and having some hard training sessions. So yeah, maybe they get a day or two off. Not sure how they will do it, right? Regen a couple of days off, and then they'll get back after it and work hard. Yeah, it's it it's May. It's May. It's yeah, yes. It's not even uh, the Ides of May yet, and the season does go for a really long time. I mean, you remember MLS Cup is at the beginning of De- of December, so it's about getting in the playoffs. I I am probably just as tired as your average Seattle fan. I would love to have a fast start. I'd love to be a front runner where you can rest players occasionally, not have to crack the whip to make the playoffs. But all you have to do is get in. And this team is talented enough. When they're healthy, they're top two in the West. No question. Uh, they're not healthy. And that they will get healthy. They will get reinforcements. But 
until they do, it's it's a little nerve-wracking for anyone that loves the team and, and is passionate for them to be successful on the field. And there is the need to get that guy at the top that can stretch defenses. I mean, no having, having speed up there, I, I, we have a couple seconds here. I mean, having a fast guy, and that's what Garth has talked about, at that number nine position allows you to not only, I mean, a lot of fans envision that the balls that went to Morris, where you just put it over the top and let him get over it and, and get it in between that ball and the defender. It's more than that, though, getting a fast guy in there at that number nine spot, Wade. Yeah, it is. And and I would say you've got to get a finisher in addition to, to pace. Um, you know, Jordan is a volume finisher. He needs, he's not uh, tech, clinical. He's not ruthless. He, he, he can get behind, but there are certain pockets he gets into sometimes he can't finish from. Not yet. I think that can grow in his game. But, you know, Pete, that guy that's icy in the box, and we, we all know them when we see them, but they're very, very valuable. They are very valuable. <laughs> I was recruiting in Florida. Uh, I think it was Florida. No, it was Dallas, the GA, right? And all the MLS Academy teams. And I'm walking by a young coach, uh, and he says, all I need, all I need is to just get one guy who can score a bunch of goals. I, I looked at him and was like, really? Because that's not what we need. We have too many of those. We need an outside right back who can boot at 60 yards. I mean, yeah. It, uh, it backup to, goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. Got to get we a backup not deep. Keeper. We need a number three and a number four goalkeeper. So, uh, yeah, you got to find that finisher. And that's and trust me, this is what keeps Chris Henderson awake at night. This is what keeps Garth Lager awake. Adrian Hanauer. Keeps awake. They're trying to find that guy because Clint Dempsey is nearing the end of his uh, career. But with the right partner, he can be very, very effective. All right, Pete Fewing, Wade Weber, thanks, you guys, for being here today. Sounders, once again, fall one nothing to Portland today. The Timbers and the Sounders, this was the 100th match overall, so we'll look ahead now to 101 and see if Seattle can take that back here. All right, that'll do it for the Sounders FC postgame show today. Our next broadcast will be on May 26th against Real Salt Lake. Kickoff is going to be right about uh, 2 o'clock that day, so pregame starting at 1.30. Make sure you listen to Sounders Weekly this Tuesday as well, every Tuesday. 7 p.m. right here on your new home for the Seattle Sounders Sports Radio 950 KJR. Thanks for listening.